This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Whether you're an expert chef or as many of our listeners actually are, a connoisseur of great cuisine, Zupan's Markets has been the number one destination for food and wine lovers in Portland and beyond for over 40 years. No other market can claim to be as focused on the Portland area as Zupan's. Our people, our farms, and selection of great foods starting right at the produce section that you expect. And you need to check out their new website. They've built their website to be as beautiful as their stores, and it's also quite functional. You can click away and have some of their delicious prepared foods ready for you when you arrive at the store at one of their four locations. You know, what I like, as I noted on the upper left corner of the site, there's a fresh this week button. You click yeah. on that and it takes you to their sale flyers. Another great thing is they have uh, is their flowers, which are unbelievable. I was out at the Lake Oswego location just the other day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful flowers, and you can order those and they'll be delivered. Those will be delivered, absolutely. It's the freshest, most local market you can find with the best ingredients and prepared food anywhere in Portland. Four locations, and I guarantee it, one of them is near you. Right, West Burnside, Belmont, Lake Grove, and the store I go to most often, McAdam. And of course, you can check out their brand new, beautiful website, zoopans.com. Welcome back to Right at the Fork. This is uh, part two of our end of year show, Chris. And the last show of the year. And the very last show of the year. So as we wrap up 2016, we thought, what better way? And we've been doing this over the course of the past uh, week, two weeks, actually, where we uh, brought in Maddie and Gary, along with you and I. Maddie from Eater.com. Right. If you're not familiar with Eater.com, you're probably not listening to the show. Right. Or vice, I don't know if I worded that properly. If you're listening (laughs) to the show... You're probably familiar with, with Eater.com. Right. You're, you're into the food scene here in, in Portland. There's reason, and Eater's where you go for the, for the insight. And if yeah. you're listening to the show, you're probably familiar with Gary Okazaki. Right. Gary the foodie. Gary the foodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you see him on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and now you're hearing him on Right at the Fork the third Monday of every month with his restaurant updates. And we love having Gary on. Fantastic way to conclude a great year. This is our third year. Yeah. Um, uh, with these two gentlemen and you and me. Mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed this year, Court, uh, working on the podcast with you. It has been a really great project at this time in my life. Yeah, and, and it's been a learning experience for both of us because uh, this podcast thing is a, is a whole new world. Yeah, and I think we're actually getting to the point where we can advise others with some of the things that we've learned right for a nominal fee yes <laughs> well i have that that's something we <laughs> talked about but i don't right. but the point is that i think we've had three years now and we've seen some things change based on what we've done that would lead one to believe that some things are smart to do and some things don't need to be done that's exactly right before we get to our official uh, start of uh, part two of the end of year show let's talk quickly uh chris about your trips coming up in it they're happening in september october of 2017 right, a- right after feast for those of the for those listeners into uh going to feast mm-hmm. in september so september 20th we're going to be in barcelona with jose chesa that would be our third trip there we're taking elements from the first two and combining them to make a fantastic week with Jose and me. We're going to have a great time in Barcelona at some of the best restaurants. We're going to cook with great chefs. It's cool. A few days after that, October 1st, 
We're going to Tuscany with Rick Gencarelli of Lardo and Grassa fame. I'm real excited to go with him. He's a great friend of mine. So to spend time with him in the country where he's um, the of the cuisine that he loves so much. You know, I don't know if you know it. If you listen to the podcast, you know it. But he um, is an acclaimed fine dining chef from that. Yeah, he got a lot of accolades in Vermont. Yeah. And then later on at Todd English's restaurants in uh, both Boston and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably correct me and give me another city or two on that, too. <laughs> right. But he can correct me anytime on sure. that. But uh, great trips. And if you go to PortlandFoodAdventures.com, under the blog tab, you can see the itineraries, pricing, and the opportunity. If you get in by December 31st to uh, save a significant amount of money to do it. There we go. So uh, so as you check out Portland Food Adventures, we're ramping up now for part two of the end of year show. Last week's episode, Chris, was a look at what happened in 2016. Part two is going to be kind of a look forward, things we're anticipating for 2017. Yeah, and we're probably going to end up mentioning a little of 2016 as well. Sure, of course. But it's just the nature of the show. But we thought getting uh, these two great guys who are integral parts of the Portland food scene uh, together to talk about what's gone on and what's maybe going on would be a really fun way to wrap up this great year. Right at the Fork is supported by Upserve. Upserve is the cloud-based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it with Upserve. Visit Upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you are a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com. L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer, emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupan's has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupan's Markets. Love your food. This is hopping into it. Yeah. Part two. We're pretending as if we uh, departed for a week, came back together into the same studio to have a uh, continued conversation about... Things that happened in two th- 2016 and things we're looking forward to 2017. But quite literally, you two sat there, uh, Chris and Gary sat there and, and conversed. Maddie took a potty break, and I wandered around the studio aimlessly. That's so, basically what happened for about three minutes. Did and then any life-changing things happen for you, Maddie, in the bathroom? You know, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <I'm good. laughs> All the doors are closed, so... Um... And no one's listening. Yeah, well... 
Um, That's not I, true. I, I should say bathroom break. I'm, I'm sorry. I got an eight-year-old at home, and it's it's potty break. Yeah, it, no, it's, it's okay. It's, you gotta go pee. Uh, you gotta pee? Either way. Either when way. I was in the bathroom, did you guys do anything special? No, no, we didn't talk about you behind your back. <laughs> no, cool. I Thanks. was I, I was rolling I was rolling tape, Maddie. I'll, I'll we'll listen back to it together. And I was bitching as they normally yeah. do. <laughs> hey, you know what? You now that us. you just talked about rolling tape, it triggered me to talk about to mention. You know, this year and last year we had we started hearing about uh, marijuana or uh, cannabis collaborations. Now that we're talking about 2017, is that going to be something that we're going to, you know, the underground, they're usually underground, Leather Stores has with Kitchen Chronicles has done, I went to one of them, I, I missed one tonight or last night, I think, that he was doing cocktails. Um, yeah, and he's doing really cool stuff um, where he's doing it without you necessarily having to get high from it, actually to use the flavors of different like Wonder Woman strain marijuanas and like using them as herbs. Right, and it's that's so cool. his point. He, it's not about it's not Cheech and Chong. Right, it's uh, about him as a chef, fi- uh, stretching the boundaries. So here's a whole crop of different areas that chefs can play in, kind of underground. And I'm gonna have to totally change my perspective here. Whenever I like smell marijuana, I just kind of start giggling. But like now, I'm gonna have to like be like, oh no, wow, I, that's a really nice. It, it is a societal. Uh, no, I think it is a societal <laughs> change we all have to make. Like even just you, you talking about just. The, the term marijuana was a term given to to cannabis because they wanted to make it people think about it a certain way. I don't know how that makes people think about it a certain way. Well, but I, che- I, speaking of Cheech and Chong, Tommy Chong talks about this. He talks about it was called cannabis up until they decided to make it illegal, and they, so they made it sound like a... With an H, marijuana. Marijuana, right. and so, so it's, it sounds like a, it just makes it sound almost racial. Well, I like to use cannabis that, that now was his point. just to actually make the point yeah. that we're in a different era. No, so for me, it, it, it yeah, it's God. a tipping the, the, point. The giggle, the, the, that whole thing, it's just it's, it's yeah. a different world. We get to respect and, it now. Yeah. And we had the discussion uh, with Dana Frank when we were talking about wine and discussing you know, the fact that I haven't really gotten into the terroir of that, and um, but I have with coffee and cannabis. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the aroma, so... You know, the vaping thing for me is not necessarily where I like to go. I I could just live with the aroma and not the high. Because um, to me, it's very pleasurable and it's a different area. It's a different way to appreciate it now. You know, it used to be we got what we got and that was it. Now we can go in and sm- smell, you know, one of the nice things about Oregon, I don't know if, if Washington's changed, but you can't go into a dispensary and smell anything in Washington. You can in Oregon. Oh yeah, interesting. <laughs> and we just had a we just had a fascinating podcast with Chris Onstad, who's now you know got Portland syrups and what he's working on. Speaking of what's going to happen in 2017, what he's working on is is getting to be very knowledgeable about that, and and it's going to be a, an ex, I think an exciting new area. I it, cannot wait to figure it out because I can't. I've keep. I thought it was going to happen in 2016, and it didn't. And uh, the people did find ways to loopholes to get uh, miner- marijuana and culinary experiences together. But you can't smoke or you eat. Um, so like they're always at these pr- uh, private events that are often you can book through the restaurant, but it's held at a private location, not at the restaurant. Um, that's a huge barrier between you know the average diner and these dinners, right. unfortunately. Uh, but I mean, man, a bakery. With marijuana goods is a no-brainer. 
So well, how, how, when is that going to happen? That's literal, too, because <laughs> the, the edibles for me are a little dangerous because, man, you can overeat. Right, but now, and, they're, now they're actually measuring it so much that, like, I don't know, it's pretty... They're, it's becoming a science. You can actually predict it more, I think. Right, but we're not there yet. No. So it's very possible. I was just having a discussion with someone last night. It's very possible you're going to be in that zone where you're wishing you didn't do it because someone didn't tell you the right. And everybody's everybody's got different tolerances. So anyway, I think it's an exciting area. I think it's one of the things, again, that sets Portland and Oregon um uh, apart from everywhere else in the country, we're now experimenting with that. Except for Denver. They, they've they been doing it first. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't mean everywhere else, but most. Yeah. You know, it's a, when now people are coming to Oregon, friends of mine or people who ask me for advice, I say, whether you smoke or not or you partake, you need to go and, and enjoy the retail experience because it's, it's a lot better than going to some guy in a dorm room that you, <laughs> dorm room that you didn't know. No, it's like, right. it's like a wine shop. You have sommeliers of weed. It's fantastic. Exactly. I don't like calling it weed. That, to me, is negative. <laughs> well, yeah, weeds are, you know, things you pull out of the ground. And because don't you don't want, want them. Right, right exactly. You, I'm not what, criticizing what do you. Feel you. About, what saying, do you feel about doobie? Call it, can I call it a doobie still? <laughs> what about stoge? I'm really into stoge. Stoge? I don't know. What about you, Gary? You're abstaining on this subject. This is not your I'm subject. Not, uh, yeah, I'm not that knowledgeable about it. I did smoke some marijuana for the first time in, like, 40, 30 years? 30 years? This, this year. year. This year. How'd that go for you? Mm, really, I'd rather drink. But you know you can tune the, the strain. So you can walk in now. This is what I'm talking about, the retail experience. And I, so had a, I, I used a PAX. I did, can you do that with a PAX? I guess. I don't know. It's I don't glider. know yeah. But I'll tell you what. There's nothing like going in and saying, listen, I don't want to be paranoid. Oh. I don't want to be too high, and I just want something that smells really good. And yeah, I, didn't have, go, I didn't go to a retail store. I, someone else just gave it to me at a party. Yeah. Old school. Well, that's old style. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so 2017 is upon us, and um, I think one of the things that we saw in 2016, we actually enjoyed a few interviews with folks like Scott Dolich um, about tipping policies and what's happening with minimum wage, which, by the way, now that we have our new president-elect and the interesting cabinet that he has chosen and all those people... That's all, you know, we're, we're lucky to be in Oregon that some of those things aren't going to be affected as much, but we don't know where, where some of those policies are going to go. We started down the path in 2016 towards a minimum wage of $15 an hour at some point in Oregon restaurants, and so we started to see changes at places like Park Kitchen, um, and they're doing it really well at, over there. They're doing exceptionally well. Yeah, I find it really exciting, uh, speaking with Scott, uh, just to hear about the new style, the new breed of chef that he was talking about who started applying for the job. It's uh, the chef who wants to connect with diners and uh, put on a little bit of a, you know, a hospitality show as part of the job instead of just uh, cooking behind uh, in the dark <laughs> on the line. And, and who David Sapp. Oh, yeah, man. Is setting the tone, man. That guy is great. Yeah, he is great. Yep. He's not only a great chef. I was at a... Uh, an exhibition, Battle of the Chefs, and he kicked everybody's ass. Um, I have to say, nice. it was it was with kind of a goofy exhibition, but it was an exhibition nonetheless. And his food was incredible. So I then went to I've been to Park Kitchen a couple of times for events since that. He's really a per, he's a personable person and represents. And Dylan, 
there at Park Kitchen. Just the nicest guy you can imagine, and it's uh, a great experience. I mean, just how I much like what's more rewarding is it, you know, as a chef to like be able to see diners loving your food? I think that connection is great, and also the fact that chefs get paid what they're worth, or at least closer to closer, what worth. closer, exactly. Yeah. So, but then, interestingly enough, uh, Scott told me one um, diner really had a bad experience, like was angry because uh, Scott had made the decision to stop letting his waiters accept tips because um, he's like, this is not allowing. Uh, your workers to make their full potential. And when we posted our coverage of uh, the fact that tipping had been working for Park Kitchen, a bunch of angry comments came on uh, from people that were like, I would never go to a restaurant where they um, take away the livelihoods of waiters. And I think that's a really interesting response that I've been seeing by diners. Um, and I, after I waited tables for nine years, I can certainly understand um, you know, how this isn't what hospitality was always about in America, and it's a new stage in it. Um, But it's helping the chefs, it's helping uh, uh, run a more sustainable restaurant, it's really thoughtful. Um, It's just a fascinating thing to witness. People are on either side of this, and they're divided. And it's not like it's never been done before. You go to Europe and you're not leaving tips or right. a few or coins. Tokyo or Tokyo or Japan. Like you, you, you can't leave a tip. It's it's rude. It's an insult. It's an insult. Oh wow, I didn't know it was an insult. Yeah, I'll tell you where I like it as a consumer. Um, I have to say, you know, going to Europe a few times, it is a little awkward, but it's okay. You know, it's not hard to go. Okay, I guess I'm good, uh, and walk out. But where I like it is. Um, at the coffee shops and the bagel shop because uh, you buy a $3 item and you're sitting there, you know, I have my Larry David moment and you drop a dollar into the into the tip jar. Oh, they didn't see me do it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I do that. Are, 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 yeah, I'm yeah. the same way. You, you know the key. I wait, you I wait, wait. You wait until wait. they see and you're like, mm-hmm. you're darn right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it, I'm putting it in here. Do, do you, I, I'm curious with you, Gary, because you're eating out all the time and going to some of these places that, uh, are you going to some of these places that have changed their tipping policy where you don't tip, they're saying don't tip? Like Le Pigeon. And, and what does that oh. mean, and what does that mean to you? Do you see, do you, that's why I'm, I'm somewhat nonplussed regarding this su- subject because what's I mean I, I guess it, it's gonna cost me a little bit less because I tip more than 20% so if you raise it by 20% then I don't care I mean do like you, I see I save like tip more than 20% when the service sucks when you're yeah. pissed off uh I maybe if the I, so I was talking to Pete last night about the Pete Cho last night about my bad experiences in Portland re- regarding service and I said I can't remember the last time I had bad service in Portland so I don't know said so I don't know. I can't remember the last time I tipped twenty. Maybe I don't know. What's the largest tip you think you left last year? <laughs> I think I've left like a hundred percent. Well, wow. Nice. Well, well, we don't know. It could be a hundred percent off of five dollars. That's a good point. I mean, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I, I, I know. I, you had a gift I mean, certificate, right? Yeah. I, well, see, I mean, I've left like a hundred fifty last year for a tip. Wow, is it ever because you'd like to date that? No, server before no, God no. It was it's like no. Okay, it was just good service. One hundred fifty on what was the bill? I'm just Dude, curious. Four hundred. I'm just by yourself or with yeah, someone else? Yeah, just me. You spent four hundred dollars by yourself. Well, Saison's like three ninety eight before tax, before before anything. Three ninety eight. Okay. Wow. I won't ask where that was, but I Saison, I that... San Francisco, three Michelin stars. Oh, that wasn't here. Okay, oh, no, I was, no. Okay. 
I tip well. Well, I don't know. I don't. I I, See now, I don't understand why it's such a big problem for people. Because for me, it's all the same amount at the end of the day. Yeah, it's exactly. That's why I'm I not plus. I don't get oh, why this is a big Some issue, ideas. and why. I, I think I think it comes down to people feeling they're in control. They 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 think in their minds that that I am rewarding good service or I am penalizing bad service. By giving more or less of, of and it's, you know, because uh, when I was a kid, ten percent was the standard tip, and it went up to fifteen, and now twenty seems to be, and so you know, as people are dealing with this increase, then they're like, well, I want to, I want to have control over. It. But I, I was like you, Chris, with the first few times I was in England, it was awkward. I actually tipped, and I, and they looked at me strangely, and I'm like, go oh, take it, and then I'm like, oh wait, I don't have to do it's this. So strange. I lived in yeah. Italy long enough. After like a year and a half of living there, I feel like I finally figured it out. You can do, uh, you know, tipping five to ten percent on fine dining, and pretty much otherwise, it's just like, Walk no. out. why are you tipping? No. But I think, um, as Scott Dolich pointed out. And which makes perfect sense. You're not really in control if you're doing it after the fact. Right, right. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you have plenty of ways to do it after the fact now with, you know, Yelp. Yelp and Google, all sorts of review sites. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy to find an email address for a restaurant and say what you want to say. I think that's the way it should be done yeah. uh, privately. And if there's no response, then that's different. But um, you're not really in control if you're doing it after the fact. I mean, what if you really want to be in control, you walk in and say, "Hey, I'm leaving 25 percent." Yeah. And and go go from there, 30 percent or 50 percent. You just say, "I'm going to write down a number. This is what I'm going to tip you at the end of this meal. Just keep an eye on it if it starts going down." It's on a meter. Yep. <laughs> I have one <laughs> question. No, really, that's really the only where it might be effective. Maybe it's a new uh, app, which, or you're going to start getting something extra in your uh, in your meal that you're not expecting because you're Absolutely. you're a dick. You know, I don't know about you, Court, but I've gone through a number of real estate transactions in mm -hmm. my time, and I've had some great ones, and I've had some not-so-great ones. Right. And the key is picking the right realtor right off the bat. It all comes down to the realtor when, it, when you get down to it. Right. Especially in a hot market, and you, and you need to act fast, and you need to negotiate uh, from a strong position. Yeah. And in, in a matter of days, if not half of a day, Chris, could mean thousands of dollars gained or lost. Right. And market knowledge as well. Mm -hmm. So we've known Leanne for a little while now. And I can tell you this, she's tuned into the food world. So I would say if there's anyone listening out there and they want someone who understands where they're coming from. And where they want to come from when they go to a restaurant, Leanne is the one to call. And that number would actually be 503-349-7890 or go online to leannebach.com. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. Do it. We love Leanne and, and she's here to support not only us, but our entire Portland food world. I have two... <laughs> Trivial questions that are just out there for trivia me. Trivia or you know, trivial? Trivial. Trivia. Did I say trivia? No. Trivial. Trivial questions. One is, why is it in Oregon the servers say, how is everything tasting? Whereas back east they just say, how is everything tonight? Why is it always the word tasting? And secondly, um, one of my little pet peeves that I've mentioned before is when you leave either a cash or credit card, instead of the server taking the check wallet and they'll say, do you need change? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand why you're asking me that question. That's just a lazy question. Why right? is... You're lazy if you can't even look in there to see, oh. is it a credit card? Or uh, <laughs> should I just, you know, you don't want to bring the change back and just leave it. 
That, to me, that's a lazy question. I've had it too many times. That's great. The pet peeves of dining. Yeah. And I, I probably sound like a rag, but yep. it's like, I don't understand. What are your pet peeves? What are, what are your, well, what are I'll you, tell you why that's a pet peeve of mine, and this goes to another one. I, Just to, not to interrupt you. <laughs> but the reason is because I'm there with someone and I'm having a conversation. So I have to stop my conversation at dinner to answer that question to help that server out so they don't have to go to the go and bring it back. And I, I don't like a lot of interruptions. Okay, that's your pet peeve. I got a pet peeve. Yeah. Communal tables. God, I mother effing hate communal tables. <laughs> How many times have I walked out of a restaurant? I've will walked you, out of will you walk, three dis- Will you walk in and see it and then you're, you're No, out. but I've walked out I've walked out three or four times this year, just walked out. One time I walked out before my first course mm. just like walked out. Wow! Uh, I just I, I I'm kind of with you on the we'll, my my wife and I we hate it and so we'll if we're avoid checking it. out a new totally. place and we find out they have communal tables we'll just like yeah we're not going to do that. Yeah, right? I, I like good. a little had, bit of privacy, even a gap, just I a slight I'm gap. A fairly social person. Sometimes I don't feel like the conversation, but other times. I've had I've met some great people at Le Pigeon yes, a couple have of times because you're uh, right, right on top of them. Same right with Beast, there. right? Yeah, and it's all about your mood that night. I think uh, if you're mm-hmm. kind of in like a more community-minded mood, no, or but if, a if you're a romantic mood, or, or if, it depends who you're surrounded by. Yeah, and, and it, that's a good point. And it depends if you're like I I I used to eat alone a lot, and that caused issues. Either, sometimes it was amazing, <laughs> and sometimes it's like, God, get me the f out of here. Friends that you didn't want, <laughs> or yeah, I, had, I have that issue a lot out in Manzanita, and I sadly Vino is not open any longer. But that was like for me the Cheers, and there were sometimes I'd go in there and I'd have great conversations and think that was just a wonderful social night, and other times it's I'm sitting there going. Fuck! I just want to be out of here, and I want to. I'd way rather be with my dog right now than this person Absolutely. sitting next to me having this conversation. How about? Have you guys ever had that experience where you are surrounded by people who are freaking out about how much they love the meal, and you absolutely hate it? No, I don't remember that. I could, I've had that happen twice, and it's like the weirdest buzzkill because you're like trying to put you know one into place, Manny. <laughs> no. Okay. Thought so. That's okay. But you're just like surrounded by people, and they're like, "This is the best thing," and you're like, uh, "No, I can't even eat, chew through my meat." <laughs> well, and I think we all know that everybody has different palates, right? So there are a lot of things that I hear people, not necessarily at dinner, talking about how great it was, and I I don't get it. Right. I, I, I think I think the communal atmosphere. Everyone wants to put on a friendly, happy ex- face because you're sitting together and you want to have fun. And so, obviously, you're going to say the food is be more towards saying the food is wonderful, no matter what. I also think there's a bent in this city. If a chef is getting a lot of raves and getting a lot of attention, people just like the food for that reason. I, I don't necessarily think it ha- it might it is that great, but because it's supposed to be that great, it's great. Does that, do you find that? Uh, I could see where there'd be a predisposition for that, kind of like a groupthink sort of phenomenon. Right. Hype. But, yeah. Um, I see it more in other cities, I guess. Really? Kind of, yeah. Well, also because um, I think our chefs are much more approachable. So if you're going to... You know, you can like them for about more that. than one reason here. No, I don't well, that's that. a discussion. Yeah, well. Why don't you think that? I think. Well, I, I, the, well, that, well I, get, I get treated better outside of Portland than I do inside of Portland. Well, I get treated pretty well here. <laughs> yeah, you get treated well. Yeah, I do. I get treated better out, elsewhere, though. But not service. This, uh, this is uh, the chef interaction. Well, no, I get. Uh, well, I guess I get good service pretty much outside of. 
Portland, I get really, I mean, they don't, I mean, sometimes they know me, sometimes they're regular. Like, I was at Tusk this past week, three Michelin star, the only, the only new three Michelin star restaurant in the United States this year. And Michael Tusk and his not, wife Lindsay. Not the Tusk here. Just oh, to, I'm sorry, Quince. I'm sorry. Quince. It's Michael okay. Tusk. Oh. It's Quince. I'm sorry. Quince. I guess. But it's Michael Tusk owns it. And like, the service there is the best service in the world. I've said that before. Um, there's no place, not La Bernadette, not 11 Madison Park, the best service in the world is at Quince. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's just, I, I mean, I love Italia Cren, Qua, the, it's, they're, they're like Matt Kirkley at Qua, amazing, Dominique Cren and Italia Cren, they're the nicest people in the world. They, they treat me incredibly well each and every time I go. I guess that's it, each and every time I go. So if I go like seven, eight, nine times in, in four years. Consistency. Gonna, consistency. Yeah, huge. yeah, yeah. What makes a great service to you? Uh, Something has I, to well, make it I, so I, great. At Quince, I remember once I was not feeling well. This is before I became a semi-regular. And I wasn't feeling well. And then the server brought a bottle of bitters to my table and just dropped it off. And I said, here, you, you may in, enjoy this. Um, I remember I told this story before. I'll make it quick. Lori John, Lori John Moran was a, was a pastry chef, executive pastry chef at Quince uh, a few years ago. And I, I was like eating desserts. I said, oh, I love Lori's desserts. And I was about to leave. I said, do you want to meet Lori? And I said, oh, that's, that's great. I'll go back and meet him. I said, so they brought me back to meet Lori John Moran. And the assistant GM at the time, within five minutes, brought a silver tray with two glasses of champagne, one for Lori and one for me. And so we just, Lori, John Moran, and I were just talking and drinking champagne while Lori was like still making desserts. And it was, that's what Quince does. That's Quince. That is amazing. That's the consummate experience. It's like the Willow's Inn. The Willow's Inn has like a whole after your meal, you can hang out in the uh, kitchen and just, you know, talk with people, shoot the shit. It's a really beautiful thing. Now I got fucked up there. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! I want to hear it. (laughs) No, it's, well, no, I mean, it was, it was. Yeah, well, no, I can't. There, well, it was a special event a couple years ago. One of the, the greatest culinary experience of my life. Beautiful. So yeah. for those it. who don't know, Willow's in Willow's in up on Lummy Island. That's what I thought, in San Juan Islands, Near right? the San Juans. Oh, yeah. near the San Juans, yep. okay. Uh, Lumi or Lummy, I always... Lummy. Okay. Yeah, and they cook almost everything from that island. So, like, they'll hand you a bowl of leaves, <laughs> and it's really, really uh, challenging food, but it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. There's a connection to Portland, actually. Amanda Williams used to be Aaron Barnett's CDC yes. at, at um, St. Jack is now working at Willow's Inn. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I had an amazing experience there because it was like 1 a.m. after our meal and we drank like, I don't know, a couple bottles of wine, my wife and I, and we decide it's pouring rain, but we're going to go smoke a joint out on the beach. So we, it's pitch dark out. We don't have any flashlights. It's pouring rain. It's 1 a.m. And we put the umbrella up and we walk down very slowly to the edge of the beach. And then what do you know? Phosphorescents are out in the middle of this rainstorm. And the sea was just blowing up with phosphorescence. It was one of the most beautiful, lucky experiences. What does that look like? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, even know what you're talking about. So phosphorescents are like these little plankton that uh, are in the sea. And certain times of year they bloom. Um, and it's like a little electric lights in the water. Oh, incredible. And, and this so, had nothing to do with what you were smoking. That, no. Well, well it just enhanced you know. it. Yeah. I had a great experience. Probably the meal. <laughs> I had a great experience on that beach too. I mean, it, it's actually in Blaine Wetzel's cookbook and the for about seven pages he talks about the second annual first harvest dinner and it was with uh, Dominique Crenn, uh Chris three mission star Christopher Costow, Rogelio Martinez of Central, which is like the fourth best restaurant in the world, Grant Ackett, who owns Alinea. 
the ne- and next and Royster and um, Avia the Aviary and Justin Yu from Houston's Oxheart and Blaine Wetzel and yeah we, a bunch of us went down to the beach and there was a lot of drinking and some people getting naked <laughs> and um, not me I but it, yeah it was it was it was that was one of the reasons that it was that, well not I mean the food was great because each chef did like four or five dishes that night so. It was the greatest culinary experience of my life. The second annual Willows, the second annual First Harvest Dinner at Willows Inn. Amazing. Was some of the greatest chefs in the world. Wow. Do they do that every year? No, they haven't done it since. Wow. So they have oh, a second think, annual. No, they, they, I think they, they might have done a third. They, no, they did After a third that, annual. Like, no, they did a third. Uh, they did a third one. Um, with uh, the bunch. Which, and how long ago was that? Uh, two thousand. I think it was two thousand and thirteen or fourteen. Oh, recently. Not too yeah. long ago. Yeah. That was amazing. Did mm. we? Okay. Yeah. Um, wow, that it's, it leaves me speechless. That kind of experience, especially for you, who goes all over the place. Oh, yeah. Where do you? What do you have planned in 2017? Where are you going to go? Uh, next in a few weeks, I'm going to Single Thread in Healdsburg, and it's uh, either in November of 2015. Call it the most exciting new restaurant to open in 2016, and Kyle Connaughton, um Finally opened it up a few weeks ago, and uh, it, it got rave. It's gotten so far some rave reviews. Uh, Michael Bauer from San Francisco Chronicle uh, just a couple of days ago tweeted that he had many spectacular dishes at Single Thread. It's um, it's he's uh, Kyle Connaughton created this this all star team. Aaron Cosiba from Albergine, Mass Siciliano, the pastry chef from Michael Mina. Um, he's got a farm that his wife is tending to. Uh, Scott Malloy from Momotoro in Chicago. It's just it's just an all star cast in Healdsburg, and and Kyle Connaughton is just from what I understand, is killing it. I'll find out in a few weeks. Is that the only place you're going to visit while you're there? Uh, Healdsburg. Yeah. Well, yeah. Th- I would like to go to Madrona Manor, but it, I don't think I'll be able to do it because I'm just there for like 18 hours. Um, looking for. Hopefully, we'll see. I, I always tell t- tend to go to Mexico City every other year, so 2000. Do you have a schedule like that that you keep every? Well, you know the funny thing is, I go to Mexico City on the exact same day or same exact same weekend every single year. I saw Chef Vejo, uh, Chef Vejo from Quintonil a few weeks ago at Tralmec. He said, "You coming in July?" I said, "I don't know." That's every time I come, I come the same week in July. They we'll remember. See. Yeah, Chef Vejo and his wife Miss Miss Flores are the best. So, Maddie, um, with some of your other eater editors. What are they curious about in Portland now? That is a good question. We uh, every year we have an eater retreat. It's called Eater Day. Uh, this was just ours was uh, actually last month down in LA. Um, what are the questions about Portland from the other editors? It's a good question. In general, there's a lot of obsession around uh, Olympia Provisions because it's such a unique uh, salumeria, and. Uh, I don't know, Chris. I think that might have stumped me. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to stump you. And speaking of speaking of what's going on in 2017, Beer Belly just opened with a vending machine. That's right. With Olympia provisions, Quinn candy provisions in there, there. Quinn candy, uh, and oh my god, with black chocolate. I was wondering. You tweet. You tweeted out, or you put an Instagram picture of, of that out, and I was trying to figure out where that was. I copied. I think I copied Eaters. Is that what post it was on that. Yep. But um, or I re- retweeted or regranded. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but I, I recall about a month ago, I was making some suggestion to Rick about something, and he said, oh, vending machines, and I thought he was joking. Yeah. And then I went and saw that's really happening now, or has happened as of yesterday. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so I don't know if anyone saw it at Feast, but there was the human vending machine, which was pretty hilarious. There was somebody inside of a vending machine, and you pressed a button, and they'd hand you like a piece of pizza <laughs> or uh, I'm down sunglasses. With it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> when, I, when I was in France, uh, what I always loved is next to some of the bakeries, they had uh, bread vending machines. So if the if the bakery for whatever he was enclosed, you could still get bread that had been baked within the last you know twelve hours. Fantastic. And yeah. Sprinkles has had vending cup, cupcake vending machines in some of their locations around the United States. Mm. I think vending machines have been more prolific, right, elsewhere internationally than they are yeah, in the United well, States. I mean, here we get Cheetos right. out of them, and uh, but I think you know you go to Amsterdam. And oh yeah, you can get almost anything out of a vending get machine. Anything in Amsterdam. there. <laughs> Gary, have you been to uh, Japan lately? Uh, a few months ago, Tokyo. I keep hearing about these Seven Elevens. You know, every, yeah. You know what? I still haven't been inside. <laughs> Apparently, well, first of all, that's where you get that's that. If you want money there, you you, do, you don't go to the bank to get your your money from an ATM. You go to Seven Eleven. You and get use anything it. there. Yeah, you get everything at the at the Seven Eleven. I still have never walked into one. But yeah, here it's pretty pretty different than what we're uh, used to. Yeah, <laughs> I want that to happen. But then we have the Mini Mini, right? I haven't been to the new Mini Mart by the Sizzle Pie guys. No, I haven't been. I didn't I've, even. I've heard that's yeah. It's called Mini Mini, and uh, man, it sounds like the new wave of a convenience store. So How does that work? What's I've, the... I've been there sadly. But you you've heard about it. You got the press release from yeah, somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I read it. How many press it. releases are you? Do you get a week? I don't. I can't count that high. Chris. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? How many do you have to go through? Um. Well, I honestly do not. I would say fifty a day. Oh, fifty a day. Yes. Yeah. And so, can you get? Is it hard for you to get excited about something? What? Get, oh what no! Is the I just only write about stuff that I think is awesome. That's how that keeps it fresh. <laughs> right, but you you actually read all fifty? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I have a question. I will for, never is be it a matter of who it comes from that you're paying attention? Uh, I try to be very democratic, but once you build good relationships with people, you know how to you know uh, give them preference because they're so awesome. Uh, but in general, I don't care who sends the release if it's got a great. It sounds if it's delicious and uh, it sounds it's awesome. The subject line exactly. Got I'm going for yeah. it. Can I, I have a couple of questions for Maddie. Number yeah. one, um, how often do you go to media events? How many invitations do you get a day to media events? That's uh, you know maybe four or five a week. Four or five a week. Yeah. How often do you go? Uh, I go whenever it's a new place and I'm like I really want to get the jump on the gun. It's a great opportunity to do it, uh, but I don't. You know, there's a little bit of a uh, atmosphere of like calling together the media and everybody floods Instagram with photos and stuff. And I just don't think that's really a good form of journalism. You go like once a week? Uh, once every month? Oh, how often? How often do you go? That's a great, I think maybe once once a week sounds right. Yeah. And also, can I ask you about an event that you attended? Yeah. Um, you took a helicopter ride. Oh to God, Hazel yes. Fern Cellars, <laughs> I think it was a it was a plate and pitchfork event with a yep. pop up with Micah and Tommy. That's right. And how? how what the hell was that? <laughs> that was one of the weirdest invites I've ever gotten in my life, and one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. I've never ridden a helicopter, and so the invite was to go, go downtown, get in a helicopter, fly out to Hazel Fern Cellars, and uh, try a. It, the introduction of their wine because they just opened their first um, release of wines and there was Micah Praetis and Tommy Habits were out there cooking so there was a whole farm table uh, so Was it a plate and pitchfork event? No, or maybe it wasn't uh, Or maybe it was Hazel I think well, it, Hazel Fern Cellars was hosting the event And you were in the helicopter with Jen and Slonecker? Was she in there? Yep, yep. Okay. 
Yeah. And, and uh, one other one, journalist, actually. Okay, cool. I went to the plate and fitch work with Tommy and Maya. Oh, and, that was and, different. Okay, that Micah, was different. Yeah, that, okay, that, there was no helicopter. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you. After you, you take the helicopter on one. during rush hour, you just look down and you're like, "How can we do this to ourselves?" <laughs> so you, like, did you take a picture? Did they try to transport you back in the helicopter? No, back? we took a regular uh, van back. Okay, yeah. Okay, one, right, so one I, way trip. So I think we have not a lot of time left in 2016. So. What do we want to talk about? We can, can talk can, about your your rising star chef. Yeah, I want I want to talk about a rising rising star chef. Manny was nice enough to ask me about future write something about future of dining last year or this past year. And well, maybe it was last year. I then the person I mentioned back then is the person I mentioned now. I know like Ryan Fox and Allie and Maya Lovelace. They've gotten a lot of publicity and deservedly so. Um, but I'll, I'll go with Vince Wynn. I mean, I've I've known Vince for a few years. I mean, I used to see him at Qua. Where he was a soup for a while, and he came here, and he's doing some really his, conceptually. His dishes are amongst the best in Portland, and he's getting better on the execution side of it. But um, yeah, he's just he's just got a lot of talent, and I think, and I said in that article that Maddie had me that I could contribute to that we we need that young talent to come to Portland, and I, I'm glad someone like Vince is here. Why don't you tell them? Why don't you mention where it is? Jolie Late. Jolie Late. Yep, it's a pop up for now. And how long will that be? Is it... That's yet to be determined. Okay. Yep. I haven't been. I haven't either. I've heard the most amazing things. Why don't you and I... Yeah. That's... We don't go out. We haven't been out since we went to May together, right? <laughs> it's been a long time. That was, over, that was actually a year ago this week. Yep. So... I heard about that night. Not from either of you. But I just... People were... Tough. So there's something... Something went on that night. I want to know who's there. I want to see all that list of who was there that night. I got a list. stories. I have a list, yep. but I'm not giving. People. I'm not giving it to you. I'm going to wait right. until list I. I'm going to wait until I need something from you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Uh, I would say uh, Maya Lovelace for up and comer, um, but I think she's arrived. So I'm going to say uh, Ryan Fox. I am so excited to see what Nomad PDX does in a brick and mortar. Um, some of those, the food that they're doing, the way they get the inspiration by going out into the elements of the Pacific Northwest and kind of transporting the beauty to a plate. Uh, it's really exciting what those guys are up to. I've seen the plans for the restaurant. They're very, <laughs> it's going to be, if, if, if it comes together as the plan, the plans that I've seen, it's going to be, it's going to look pretty amazing. Oh, another, cool. another amazing new restaurant, looking restaurant in Portland. I'm, I'm confident the food will match it. I hope. We'll see. Those were the three that I was going to mention. So that's been done. But actually, you know, Maya, I, I, was proud to I remember when I first when I went to my first dinner there my Lovelace of May uh, I said this is this is she's gonna hit it hard and she has and that but that was over that might have been two years ago I don't know when she started May yeah. November 2015 there you go so I I don't think I went right off the bat but uh, pretty soon thereafter and I was really she excited did the thing with it. at Lardo in the in the truck right that might have been the first time I she don't did. know if the, yeah well either way yeah. She's not only yeah. her food is fan, is incredible and what she's doing is fun and she's not a business person, uh, but uh, she's just a great presenter. I love her presentation, what her vibe that you know of that pop up. So she's really she she's I think she's I, I would say she is a businesswoman. She's very bright. She knows what she wants and she's doing that, what she wants. That she does, yeah. but I think she's got to figure out the the pluses and my, the the balance right. sheet. 
of what she's you know right. to grow, and she's doing it slowly but surely. Yep, them, uh, yeah, Nomad PDX and uh, May are both so smart because they got their footing by renting out a space and not having to do a full restaurant, not doing a food truck necessarily, um, but like having a space that they rent out in a certain period of time a week. It's not a full restaurant. It's not every day of the week. Like, and then they built up from there. I think. They saved on rent. I'm sure. Like it's a very sustainable, smart way to get in, get a, your footing in the industry. And and she might continue to do it that way. She may just continue. Right. To, it I doesn't mean, sound like I haven't seen any reports on either that she's looking at brick and mortar space either. Nope. Nope. We haven't heard anything. I've asked her that question more than once. I'm sure you have. All right. Anything else? Uh, last last word on 2017, other than. Let's just keep growing sustainably as a city through food. That's like the most important thing. We've uh, built such a great relationship, uh, re- reputation for being hands-on with how we cook and uh, and how much we respect the bounty of ingredients that we have here. And uh, I think Portland really has an opportunity to knock things out of the park if they keep on that path. And, and for me, for me, please make me go wow. Let me go big food that makes me go wow. Do you think you've said wow and you forgot? No. Just more emphasis. Twice. Wow. (laughs) Three times. All right. We're looking for three wows for Gary. Yeah. Maybe four. (laughs) And we'll and and Court, you'll take a wow. Maddie, you'll take a wow. I'm I'm pretty liberal with my wow, so I don't know if you should, you know. All right. I also this is the new uh, new class of ranking restaurants now. That's no longer the Michelin stars. It's the <laughs> Wow Factor. The, the, wow. the Gary the Wow. The Wow. And yeah. that's one thing we didn't talk about. We're lists, but that's okay. Let's save that for another time. Sounds good. Unless you unless you want to cover it. But um, in addition to Wows, I'll take a bow, please. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I really, really appreciate, appreciate it. This was a this was a real treat for both Court and me. Mm-hmm. Court, it's been a treat working with you all yep. year. Looking forward to 2017 and. Thank you to all of our listeners for being with us and our sponsors. We're going to end with um, a song, a Christmas song from Ariel Varinas, who does our uh, intro song, a friend of mine from way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, I am proud to have her be a part of our podcast. And we're proud to have you with us and looking forward to 2017 again. It'll be cold, so cold.
supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. The legendary food dude dishes up Portland food news and comprehensive guides to just about everything that has to do with food in Portland. From coffee and wine shops to bakeries and more. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.